Welcome to Singing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We've had some questions there, especially over TikTok, doing on some live streaming, that do you have to be baptized in order to work miracles? No, of course not. The devil works miracles. Now, God does give signs, wonders, divers, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will to confirm his word. Hebrews, the second chapter, Paul tells us that. Jesus said the same thing in Mark 16, and we read that there, that he gave power to those that believe in his name. They shall speak with new tongues, and it states there, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Well, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. But notice there that in the last days that God himself sends strong delusion. God sending strong delusion. And that those that receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved, God sends strong delusion, delusion that they all might be damned who receive not the love of the truth. Well, what's the difference? The difference is that those that have been born again, not only have they repented, fundamentalists there that believe only that you repent and you're saved is a false doctrine. There, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the keys given to Peter there on the day of Pentecost stated, they ask men and brethren, what must we do? Peter, standing up along with the other eleven, that repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, born of the water, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. There, it has nothing to do with working miracles. The devil himself works miracles. You'll see that there are signs, miracles, and lying wonders. Why is it lying? Because it's not the Holy Ghost. It is spiritualism. Now, there are God's many and Lord's many. And just because a person works a miracle does not make them of God. We see in the book of Acts <clears throat> that there was one Elymas, and he was supposed to be some great uh, man and power of God. And we find that uh, when they saw Peter actually uh laying hands on, they received the Holy Ghost. He desired that same gift. And when it said Simon, that Simon the sorcerer, saw through the laying on the hands of the apostles that the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. He wanted to buy that gift. Saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. He wanted that. He can know it's the power of God. But notice that in Acts, the eighth chapter and verse nine, there was a certain man called Simon, which before in his time there, he used sorcery. Now, sorcery is using gods and lords that are not the Lord God Almighty. They're spiritualist. They are not in God, but they do work miracles. And bewitched the people of Samaria giving out that he, he himself was some great one to whom they gave heed. 
just like the world wonder after the beast. From the least to the greatest, saying, this man is a great power of God. Well, how? To him they have regard, because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. Now, sorceries is spiritualism. They work. They can read, uh, just like reading the mind in a soul realm. They work in a soul realm. They learn how to read a person's soul, not in the spirit, the soul. And by doing so, they can hit most of the time, 80, 90% of the time. We've seen many over the years that have worked at Queskin was one, uh, Madeline Murray O'Hare, another. There's been others that would work in sorcery and saying that uh, they had the gift from God. We have many soothsayers, prognosticators, and necromancers that say they get their power from God. But yet they don't serve God. They're not born again. They're not born of the water and the spirit. But yet they'll say, well, they serve God. And they will bewitch many. When Moses threw down his rod there before Pharaoh, and it turned into a snake. Well, Janus and Jambres did the same. Sorcery. They were not following God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But through sorcery, they deceived. But that can only go so far. Jesus warned in the last days that there's going to be many that will follow their pernicious ways by whom the, the way of truth will be evil spoken of. We say that over and over again. We see that the church, there, knowing uh, uh, that Philip worked miracles. Peter did miracles there that were things there that were not done even by the Lord. He said, greater things than they shall you do. And, and that the Peter shadow, the shadow of Peter alone that came there were healed. God granted special miracles uh, by the hands of Paul that off of the aprons off his body, as many as there were healed by these spiritual miracles of Paul. Well, also, when Jesus said, these works shall you do there, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. Well, he's given us the Holy Ghost. He's given us his Spirit, Christ in us, the hope of glory, the Father in it. We'll do the same works that Jesus did. That does not mean that all have the same gifts. He give gifts there according to his own will, according to his own purpose. But he confirms his word in Hebrews 2 by signs, divers, miracles, wonders, and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Of course he does. But there's also sorcerers out there that deceive the people. Just as we see there in the book of Acts. There in uh, the Matthew 24, Mark 13, Jesus won. He said, there'll arise false Christ, false prophets. And through their signs, these miracles that they do will deceive the people. And they're not just little signs. Notice that what he says there in Matthew 24. He says that, In Matthew 24, verse 24. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, 
and shall so show great signs and wonders, not little ones, great signs and wonders, as so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect, the elect of God. And Mark states the same thing. Matthew 24, 24, Jesus stated, Mark in his gospel says the same thing in Mark 13, verse 22. For false Christ and false prophets shall arise and shall so show signs and wonders to seduce. These are seducing spirits. If it were possible, even the, even the elect, the very elect of God. Take ye heed, Jesus said, because it will deceive, if possible, the very elect. There, in the last days, we know that the image of the beast will call fire down from heaven. In the sight of those, the world, world will wonder after the beast, and who's able to make war with the beast? There, we find in Mark 16, Jesus gave the power to the believers. He states, he that believeth and is baptized. Notice that baptism is essential there. In Mark 16, uh, uh, there, in verse 16, he says, he that believeth and is baptized. He must be born again. To believe is pisteo. It is uh, a stative, not transitive. It is uh, forever settled there in that faith that Jesus has already delivered to us. And we, through obedience under righteousness, we are then protectors of his divine holiness, his divine nature. That is through obedience under righteousness, Romans 6. Well, he states there, he that believeth and is baptized. Those that say the baptism is not essential are not born again, and they have no uh, concept of the truth of how being born again of the water and the spirit really is. Now, that is particular in uh, stated Roman in Revelation, the second and Revelation, the third chapter, in two of the churches, Smyrna and Philadelphia. Notice that in, the, in Mark 16, it does state that these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, we know that in the last days, there's going to be sorcery. And God himself is the one that's going to send that strong delusion because they did not have uh, pleasure in righteousness, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That is, they do not give Jesus the glory of the Father. They hold to a Trinity gospel. And these Trinitarians, uh, those are three unclean spirits. It's a Trinity. It's Revelation 16, 13. But notice who's sending that. In 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, before the coming of the Lord, our rapture, our havadzo, caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, it says that they won't come until they come a falling away first, the day of Christ. There's going to come a falling away first. That falling away is falling away from the faith. In 1 Timothy 4, 1, the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith. Given heed to what? These seducing spirits. What seducing spirits? Miracles that they do. 
that these miracles that they do are to seduce you. People that a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Not leading of the Holy Ghost, but they're following a sign. And through this seducing of these spirits and seduction, they are deceived. And if it were possible, it would deceive the very elect of God. That's how strong and this deception will be. The only way that a person can know the truth is to try the spirits to see whether they are of God. And John gives us that in his epistle, 1 John 4, verse 1. And he states, because there are many false prophets that's entered into the world. Try the spirits to see whether they are of God. And there's only one way to do that. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Now, the question there that some have asked is, do you have to be baptized in order to work miracles? The answer is no. Devil works miracles. It's seducing, seductive miracles. It's seducing spirits. They are spiritualists. But now, are they born again? The answer is no. Well, how do you try the spirits? Then you have to confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Now, how is that? Somebody said, well, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. No, it's come. It's a present imperfect tense. That Jesus Christ is that spirit. He is the father of glory. He is the Christ. He is the Holy Ghost. He is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God has sent forth the spirit of his son. Into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Galatians 4, 6. That Christ is the Father, is the Son of God, one of the same. It's the Spirit. Now, true, in the days of his flesh, God had made himself of no reputation. And two, take on the form of a servant, coming in under the law to redeem us that were under the law, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. But then, after he fulfilled the law, and uh, being tempted in all points like we are yet without sin, he took the ordinances of that law and to his cross and thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, working salvation in and of himself alone. They're making a peace for mankind, making us at one with God, making one new man. Who is this new man? Well, that revelation is required. And we find it in 1 Corinthians 15, 45. That for the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam, the man Christ Jesus, was made a quickening spirit. The Lord is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. That's how he gets it to us. Because it's through the son, through that redemptive office that we have, propitiation, expiation of our sins, being washed away, buried in the sea of forgiveness through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. To get into that, that blood is not applied without water. Always, when they came out there, Moses, uh, even in the Old Testament, sprinkled the people and the book with blood, the blood with water along by hyssop. Bringing both the people and the book. Not what just blood only, but water and blood. That's the reason on the cross, when the longness pierced Jesus' side, forthwith there came blood and water. Not blood only, but blood and water. This is he that came by 
blood and water. And to be born again, in John 3, you must be born of the water and the spirit. So in Smyrna and in Philadelphia, they will be those that will state that they are Jews and are not, and we find they are the synagogue of Satan. If we take a look at that in Smyrna, it says in Revelation 2, verse 9, and it says, I know thy works, Jesus talking, and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. You don't have to be uh, rich in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and a big fat bank account to be saved. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. What? These certainly are deceived. Well, it's not only in Smyrna. Notice in Philadelphia, he says uh, that those that say that they are Jews, uh, and he comes uh, in, in verse uh, Revelation 3, verse 9, he says, uh, uh, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved you. Well, they certainly were deceived. They spoke lies of the synagogue of Satan. Well, how did they become so deceived? And deceived impossible, the very elect, because of these seducing spirits that work miracles, signs, lying wonders. That's how they are seduced. They want a sign, and even the ultra generation seek it after a sign. Jesus stated that. Well, that is exactly what Jesus stated that would happen. Well, how are they mistaken that they say they're Jews and are not? Well, that is in the church of the living God, Smyrna. That's one of the seven churches in Asia. They're born again. They have repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and received the Holy Ghost. And yet, among them, in the church, they are those that say they're Jews that are not by the synagogue of Satan. They do lie, and Philadelphia finds them there also in the church of brotherly love. And how can that be? Well, we see what a Jew is, Romans 2, 28 and 29. He is a Jew. That was that is one inwardly, not outwardly. Paul states that it's not a natural Jew; it's a spiritual Jew. That's not all Israel or of Israel. Paul stating that in Romans nine, ten, and eleven. Romans two twenty eight and twenty nine. He is not a Jew that is outwardly, and that circumcision of the flesh. It's not a natural Jew, but he is a Jew that is one inwardly. That's had the circumcision of the heart in the spirit. Whose praise is not a man, but of God. Well, they say they're Jews. They say they're born again. They are the temple of God. That they are dwelling of God, that Christ is in them. But yet, there's something that is missing. They may work miracles. That's not the, that's not the proof. There. Many say they're Jews and are not. Well, what, what did they lack? Well, it's had a Jew that is one 
inwardly has had the spiritual circumcision of the heart and the spirit. How did they get that? Well, Romans 6, 1 through 4 tells us how. What know you not? When many were baptized into Christ, was baptized into his death, that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. That's only one way. That's water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. You'll see that also in Colossians 2, verse 12. When you see that in Colossians, I'm reading it there, Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12, Paul's telling it, giving us the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. Then he goes on and expounds on that. We don't want to miss that. We want to be uh, literally temples of God. Which temple we are. We're bought with the price. We're not our own. Now, Colossians 2, verse 10 states, And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom, boy, watch this now, Jew, the spiritual Jew, the church of the living God, the ecclesia, the called out ones, in whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hand. Ah, that's the spiritual Jew. Romans 2, 28 and 29 tells us that. He is a Jew that is one inwardly and that circumcision of the heart in the spirit. Paul just tells us that. In whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. There's that circumcision. Circumcision of the heart and the spirit, Romans 2, 28 and 29. Well, how did we get that? Did we ask Jesus to come into a heart? Did we give a mental, uh, their intellectual consent that Jesus is the Son of God? No. Verse 12 tells us how. Buried with him in baptism. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Baptism is essential in the water, being born of the water and the Spirit. John 3. You'll see it in Acts 2.38, Acts 4.12, Acts 8.16, Acts 10, Acts 19, even Acts 22, and Paul's account on the Damascus Road. He sees the great light, Jesus Christ, and said, Who are you, Lord? Speaking to him in the Hebrew tongue, said, I am Yeshua, Jesus. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks, Paul. He was Saul at that time, Saul of Tarsus. Now, here's a man that this is how essential baptism is. Not Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That's not the name of the Father, nor the Son, of the Holy Ghost. Peter knew that. He did not contradict Jesus in Matthew 28, 19. He gave us the revelation of the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In Matthew 28, 19, go ye into all the world, teaching them to observe all things which have commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And lo, I'm with you always into the end of the world. Amen. Peter had that revelation. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. For he is every office of the Spirit. He is Christ. Christ is the Father. Jesus is that Christ. Jesus is the Father. Christ is the Word. Jesus is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. That is Jesus. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, well, I didn't know Jesus was the Holy Ghost. Well, of course he is. He states that while he was in the world. He was with his disciples. He said, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter. 
whom the world cannot perceive, because it saith him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Watch what he says. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Not my father. I will. Why? Because he's glorified with the father's own self. He is that spirit. Just because he made himself of no reputation to become a man, he did not stay there in that humble, humiliated state. He went back to where he was before, glorified with the Father's own self. John 17, 5, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said, Father, glorify me with thine own self, with the glory I had with you before the world was. I wanted all that with your own self. Sit down with the Father in that throne. Why? Because Jesus is that spirit. He is the Father, always has been, and always will be. God Almighty. And that is exactly what Jesus is. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Well, just as Jesus said there, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, what can he give him the Holy Ghost right then if it's a separate person? And Jesus is the Son of God, God the Son, and the Father's in heaven. Why couldn't God just go ahead and fill him with the Holy Ghost there? Well, because Jesus is that spirit. That's why. Jesus has to be glorified by the Father's own self for that spirit of Jesus, spirit of the Son of God, the spirit Jesus Christ to come in us. It's a promise of the Father, which Jesus said, which saith he, you've heard of me. It is the same spirit. You say that in Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the spirit of a son into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It's one and the same spirit. That's the, that's the mystery of Christ and of God and the Father and of Christ in him in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is the Father of glory. In 1 John 2, 22, who is a liar but he did not that Jesus is the Christ. He has denied the Father and the Son. That's an antichrist. John states it is. He has denied both the Father and the Son. Why? Because Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Jesus is that Christ. That is essential in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in order to be born again. First John 5 verse 1. Who, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ that is every office of the Spirit. He is the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, the Son of God, Son of Man. He is all that God is always or ever will be, God. And whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. These will not be lying spirits. They will confirm uh, the Word of God that they preach the Lord working with them, fellow labors together in the Lord Jesus Christ. God bearing them witness in the Holy Ghost with signs. Divers miracles and wonders and gifts of the Holy Ghost, Hebrews 2. But we find, notice there, many say they are Jews and are not. Why? Because they never and were never convinced that they had to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. A Jew is one. That is, had in Romans 2, 28 and 29. That is the requirements. That is the specifications that Paul gives. He is a Jew that is one inwardly and the circumcision of the heart. Circumcised means to cut. 
cut in the heart. Well, where's the body, the sins of the flesh? In the heart, in the spirit. Not in the mind, not in the intellect. It's in the human spirit of man. In the conscience. That conscience must be purged from dead works to serve the living God. There's only one way for a person to be a Jew. There'll be a spiritual Jew in the ecclesia, the church of the living God, the church and assembly and the firstborns whose names are written in heaven. There's only one way. And that is born of the water and the spirit. Now, people can have the Holy Ghost and not be born again because they were not born of the water. Same way some can be born of the water and not be born of the spirit. You must be born of the water and the spirit, John 3. And that is Acts 2.38. Peter, having the keys of the kingdom, stated it very explicitly. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the name of God himself, the revealed name of God. It's the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Ghost. There's no other name. The revealed name of God, the blood name of God, the redemptive name of God is Jesus Christ, Jesus. And that name, Jehovah is salvation, is required, uh, baptized, that take on that name. As many has been baptized into Christ, that put on Christ. And many will say, well, baptism is not essential for salvation. Well, Mark 16 says this, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. But there's also seductive, seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, and these are lying signs, miracles, and lying wonders. It will seduce them, even if it were possible, the very elect. We'll see it more and more prevalent in the last days. Well, just like that Jew saying that they're Jews and are not by the synagogue of Satan in Smyrna and in Philadelphia, the church. There are the seven churches in Asia, in Revelation 2nd and 3rd chapter, say that they are Jews and are not by the synagogue of Satan and do lie. They're seducing spirits that they have believed. They thought they were. They said they were Jews. They thought they were. But they messed it. They believe some uh, doctrine of divinity or PhD of theology it says that baptism is not essential. And they believe that lie. And they're liars. But you follow that lie, both fall into a ditch. You know, you have the, the blind leading the blind, both fall into a ditch. But that does not help the one that was following that blindness. He's condemned also. You can't say, well, I'm sorry, Lord, I, I followed the wrong minister. I, I thought this was the truth. Too late. That's why we need to search out of the scriptures. That, and then it speaks of Jesus Christ, search the scriptures, and then we think we have eternal life. And that's the reason why baptism is so essential in just being born again. That just gets you in a race. It's not overcoming yet, but it does get you in a race. At least they're in the race. These Jews are not even the race. They say they're Jews and are not. Why? They've never had the circumcision in the heart and the spirit. Romans 2, 28 and 29. They were deceived. They bought that lie. And there's only one way. Paul states that. Can't be any clearer than what Paul stated in Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12. He says, in whom you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. How? 
in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. How did you get the circumcision of Christ? Buried with him in baptism. That's what Paul said in Romans 6, 1 through 4. That's what he's saying in Colossians 2, verse 12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith. Somebody says, it's not faith. Yes, it is. It's faith in the operation of God and really raising from the dead. That's what he states there in Colossians 2, 12. We'll see it all through the book of Acts. No one was ever baptized by the Son Holy Ghost. All they did was got dumped. They never took on the name. Many has been baptized into Christ and put on Christ at your wedding garment. You cannot stay in the marriage supper of the Lamb without that wedding garment. Friends, seeing you have said, how did you get into this banquet? Seeing that you have not on a wedding garment. The king did not let him stay in there, but cast him out. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Many say they're Jews and are not, but of the synagogue of Satan, because they've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized by the Son of the Holy Ghost. In the name of titles, never took on the name, the blood name. Therefore, there was no expiation or propitiation for sins. It never buried their sins. It never had them cut off, circumcised in the heart, in the spirit, that conscience purged from dead works to serve the living God by baptism. First Peter 3 states the same thing, the long-suffering day, in the days of the long-suffering, in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved by water. Somebody said, well, big deal. Well, it is. The light figure. That's a light figure that baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away the filth of the flesh. It's not just taking a bath. Not a ritual bath. But the answer of a good conscience toward God. How did you get that? Through baptism. Water baptism. Now you are a Jew. You are the synagogue of God. You're the temple of God. But if you don't, you you can work miracles, but you're not born again. You must be born of the water and the spirit. And that is in Acts 2, 38, 4, 12, Acts 8, 16, Acts 10, Acts uh, 19, Acts 22, Paul himself saw the Lord Jesus Christ on the Damascus road. Great light. He knew it was the Lord. He said, who art thou, Lord? Speaking to him in the, in the Hebrew tongue, he said, I'm Yeshua, Jesus. That is Joshua, Jesus. There, it's hard for you, Saul of Tarsus, to kick against the pricks. There, he's told exactly what his call is to do. For an example of the long-suffering of God, he'll be an apostle to the Gentiles. Ananias is coming down there. He'll be healed of his blindness. And notice that in all that, Paul is not, is not born again. He's seen the Lord. He had the revelation of the name of the Lord Jesus. And he's told what his call is. And he's healed of his blindness. And still, look at Acts, the 22nd chapter, and still he is not born again. Paul's own account, he states there, and in Acts 22, and it states there, 
And verse 16, after all of this, he's still not born again. He's seen the Lord, revelation of the name of Jesus, knows it's called healed of his blindness by the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in Acts 22, verse 16, you think he's already saved. He's already born again. But Ananias says to him, and now why tarriest thou? Why do you tarry? What are you waiting for, Saul? Arise and be baptized. What for? And wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. What is the name of the Lord? Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. It's Jesus. There's no other name manifest, revealed of the Father. Jesus stated in John 17, I've manifested your name. I've kept through thine own name those that thou hast given me. The name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost. I'll send the Comforter in my name, the Holy Ghost in my name. That name is Jesus. And those that say that they do not have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, they say they are Jews and they are not. Because they've never had the spiritual circumcision of the heart. Water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, Colossians 2.12. For this reason, look at Colossians there. Let's take a look at uh, uh, the Colossians 2 talks about that mystery of God and the Father and Christ. They don't know the mystery of God. It's a mystery of Christ. It's a mystery of the Father in whom are hid. It's hid in the Father. It's hid in God. It's hid in Christ. What is that? In him are hid, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If we don't have that true revelation of Christ, that doctrine of Christ, and abide in that doctrine of Christ, 2 John 9, if he does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. I don't care how many miracles they claim to work. There will be sorceries in the last days. There will be seducing spirits. There will be great signs and wonders given but it will not be God. Well, somebody said, how do you know? How do you know what's truth? Well, do what John said. Try the spirits to see whether they're of God because many false prophets are entered into the world. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. That's how you try. Not, do you see a miracle? Do you see this? No. No, their doctrinal stance in Christ. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty, the Spirit, Jesus himself, is come, not has come, is come, present imperfect tense. That is, is come in the flesh, is of God. Well, what is that? Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and it's come in the flesh, which is the Spirit of the Father. It's one of the same. You see that in 1 John 5, 20. The Son of God has come and given us an understanding of him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. And the first John, the epistle of John, there ends. The son of God has come in the flesh, given us an understanding of him that is true. The son of God is that spirit. Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth the Spirit. How? Of his Son, because it's only through the Son of God is redemptive of us 
The Father is the administrative office of the Spirit. The Word is the expression office of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of the Spirit. The Son of God is the redemptive office of the Spirit. And it's only through the Son of God that we have access to the Father because He is the Father revealed. There's no other way. But we must take on the name. The blood name. The name that washes away our sins through water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. But you must be born of the water. There, and the question that was asked, do you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ to work miracles? No, the devil works miracles. The false trinity church works miracles. Somebody said, how dare you? No, it's the word of God. You're not looking at the Bible. You're not looking at the word of God. You're listening to what some preacher says behind a pulpit with a turned around color. You're not listening to the spirit of God. Revelation 16, 13. These are three unclean spirits. There's your trinity. It's stated in the word of God. Every other place is only the holy one of Israel, the holy one. Even the devils believe in one God and tremble. They saw Jesus and said, we know who thee, who thou art. You're the Holy One of God. You're the Holy One of Israel. They know who God is, the Holy One. There's no Holy Trinity, never has been. Those are ecumenical councils and synods from centuries ago that have permeated the church and was told by Paul, Peter, Jude, all of them. They would deny the only Lord God. We're earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints that he alone is God. He is the Father of glory. Many are coming out. Thousands of ministers are coming out of that false religion, the false church, into the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ. We have over a thousand ministers in Africa alone that's done it. And God said he would. Paul stated in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, before the coming of the Lord are gathered together him, the rapture of the Harpezo, he states that. Notice that he says in verse 11, that at verse 10 there, Colossians, uh, or that's 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 10, and with all deceivableness, that's the ones coming after the working of Satan. Notice that in verse 9, that's very a key, that this Satan, that's wicked one being revealed, this man of sin, the son of perdition, setting in the temple of God, opposing all that is God, or that is worship, so that he as God, said in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. How's he doing? Through seductive spirits, seducing spirits, signs, miracles, lying wonders, saying that this is the power of God manifest. But you got to try it. How do you try it? Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Jesus Christ is that spirit that is still coming in the flesh. He is that God and still filling with his spirit, the Holy Ghost, that Christ is in us and still filling the ones that are repented, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving his spirit are born again. <clears throat> There's no other way. So we confess that Jesus Christ is coming to the flesh and is still coming in the flesh in a present and perfect tense until the last Gentile be come in and saved. And he's still doing it. Any spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come to the flesh is not of God. It's just that simple. And it's that spirit of Antichrist. 
there are many saying that they're Jews and are not by the synagogue of Satan. They're antichrist. They don't want to be. They're deceived. If a person's deceived, that means they don't know where they are, do not understand exactly where they are spiritually. They're deceived. <laughs> if they knew where they were, they wouldn't be deceived. But then when the Lord comes, they will be convicted of uh, and convinced of all their ungodly sins, which they've ungodly committed. But not until then, they're deceived. It's only through turning to the Lord Jesus Christ and obeying the word in truth and obedience unto righteousness unto holiness whereby we're saved through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. There's no other way. Notice that Satan is coming here. This wicked one, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 8. Right now, we're in verse 7. We're in iniquities abounding. We're in lawlessness, lawlessness abounding. That's the way Marxism and communism and everything that's anti-Christ works. It's against. It's atheism. It's man being uh, uh, the destiny of his own soul rather than God leading and guiding into all truth. They want to build them a name. They're looking for a city, building them a city, their name. That's what Nimrod did in the Tower of Babel. Let us get us a name, lest we be scattered upon the earth. Lest they be scattered, they want to suffer. They will not suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it becomes confusion. Well, here it is. This uh, iniquity is abounding now. The love of many is waxing cold. Christianity is on a decline. So we say uh, we're told that over uh, the various news, uh, news media, there's a few standing for God, and yet they don't know what are baptism in the name of Jesus Christ is essential, saying they're Jews and are not because they've never had the spiritual circumcision of the heart. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ means circumcised with a circumcision made by the hands by baptism. They don't understand it, don't know it. Acts 2.38 is that born-again formula given to Peter who had the keys to the kingdom. Very few understand that. They've gone to these uh, seminaries that have based their whole religion and their doctrine on these ecumenical councils centuries ago in the Council, uh, council of uh, uh, Nicaea, Chalcedonian definition, 451 AD, that Christ was born of the Father before the foundation of the world, stating in the Chalcedonian definition in 451 AD, quote, the Son of God, according to his Godhead, was begotten of the Father before the foundation of the world, unquote. That is a blatant lie. There's no spirit that begot spirit junior. There's only one spirit in heaven. But they say, well, you know, the Son of God is different from the Father. No, the Son of God is the Father revealed. And that's where they miss it. And well, why do you pray the Father? Well, because Jesus had made himself of no reputation, to redeem us, took to himself a form of a servant made in the likeness of man. But who is that servant? That's where we miss it. The nominal church world misses it simply because they think the servant, the man, is different from the father. And it's not. The word of God, Isaiah, the prophet, in Isaiah 43.10, tells us point blank 
that the, you are my witnesses. You are the true witnesses of God. You are my witnesses. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen. That man, God chose him. But what does God say? Well, the nominal, the nominal churches tell us that that's the father, Yahweh, Jehovah, and Jesus, that's the son, and they're two separate persons. That's not what God said. That's not what the word of God said. And we denied it. We denied the only Lord God. We've got two there. Well, somebody said, well, he's the second person of the Godhead. No, he's not. God says he's not. In Isaiah 43.10, you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord. That's a capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the invisible spirit of God, the Father of glory, and my servant whom I have chosen. Well, it sounds like there's two to the natural mind. But what does God say? That you may know and believe me and understand. I want you to understand this. That God said, I am he. Ah, oh, God says, I am that servant. How? Before me, God said, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood, and that's him. Reveal. Emmanuel, God with us. And when you see that, somebody says, well, then he prayed to the Father. Yes, he did. He had to. Because he made himself of no reputation for one reason. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. A man lost it only. A man can redeem us back. God had to have a man. He couldn't find one. Therefore, he made himself a body of flesh and blood. You see that in Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5. There's, there's no other way. You see it in Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Jesus being in the form of God, though not Robert to be equal, God made himself of no reputation. He emptied out of glory. He made a self-imposed limitation upon himself as spirit. He will not work as spirit. Because he's got to work salvation as a man. Not in spirit, but as a man. One of us. If he's going to redeem us, he's got to be one of us. So, to do that, he puts a self-limitation upon himself. Said, I will not work as spirit. I'll be make that of no reputation. Not some. No reputation. I'll come in the world with no attributes of God. No power. No wisdom. No understanding. No proof. Just totally void, and come under my own law. And I'll work as a man. That's a servant of God. God formed that. Isaiah 43.10, Philippians 2, 6-8, God formed it. And added to himself the form of a servant. Who is that servant? God said, that's me. Isaiah 43.10 said, that's me. Adding to himself the form of a servant. To himself, God himself, the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man, found in fashion as a man. Humble himself to the death, the death of the cross, wherefore God hath highly exalted him. How did God exalt him? Jesus said in, in John 2, 19, destroy this temple, destroy this temple, in three days I will raise it up. Destroy this temple, in three days I'll raise it up. The Jews said, 46 years will they in building this temple. You're going to raise it up in three days? Jesus spake of the temple of his body. He's declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. How do we know that he's the Father? Because he raised his own body from the dead. Romans 1, verse 3 and 4. He's declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection of the dead. He raised his own body. And now that man 
That second Adam is made a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. All power in heaven and earth is given to him, Matthew 28, 18. That man is that quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Acts 2, 36, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus whom you crucified. He was crucified dead, doornail dead. God, the spirit that he is, has made him the man, the servant that he is. He chose him. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand, I am he. God said, I am that servant. That is how we perceive the love of God, 1 John 3, 16, because uh, everybody perceives the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Therefore, we have to lay down our lives for the brethren. How did he do it? He made his own body of flesh and blood. Now, that's how you try the true spirits. Not when you see a miracle out here. Not where you see a sign or a wonder. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, the Father of glory. Somebody said, well, I didn't know the Father was in us. Take a look at Ephesians 4. There's one body, one spirit, in whom you're called, one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, through all, the Father of us all, and in us all. The Father? Christ is the Father. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus stated in John 10, 30, I and my father are one. He didn't use a union. He used the Greek word heis, meaning we're one in the self-same spirit. And Jesus stated in John 8, 24, when they asked him, where is your father? Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory, you shall die in your sins. John 8, 27, this they understood not, he spake to them of the father. They still don't understand it today. Is water baptism essential? Of course it is. The blood's not applied without the water. Even in the book of Hebrews, it said that Moses uh, sprinkled both, both the book and the people with blood, with water, along with hyssop. The blood is always applied with water. That's the reason when Jesus died on the cross, forthwith there came blood and water. Not blood only, but blood and water. Be born of the water and the spirit is baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. But many will miss it in that day, in that day, even in the church of Smyrna and Philadelphia will say, we are Jews, but they are not. Why? Because they never had the spiritual circumcision of the heart in the spirit by water baptism. They didn't know it. So don't be deceived. Don't let anyone tell you that baptism is not essential. Somebody said, my church says it's not. Find another church. Read the word of God. You're better off <laughs> sit in there and, and read the word of God and get baptized through your own family members than not obey the scriptures. And I'll guarantee you, when you stand for truth, the Lord will connect you to his true body, the true church. I'm not talking about a local assembly. I'm talking about the body of Christ, the church and assembly of the firstborns whose names are written in heaven, the true body of Christ, Jesus, the head, and we, the individual members in particular, the bodies of Christ. He'll get you there. And it says there that this devil, this wicked one, uh, there we have the iniquity, iniquity abounding in the land today, Marxism, communism. Uh, they have to uh, divide, division, one against another uh, there. And this, this 
uh, iniquity, this lawlessness, this chaos, because that abounds. I love of many will wax cold. And it states there, Paul states there in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, and he said this wicked one, verse 8, will be revealed the Lord, will consume with the spirit of the mouth of Brighton, destroy over the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. How? How will Satan come? With all power and signs and lying wonders. Not true wonders, lying wonders. Why? Because they were spiritualists. They were never born again. They did not stand for that truth, but yet they worked in miracles. We're going to see that that's how the Antichrist deceives the nation. <laughs> Take a look here. Paul is telling us right there how the Lord's going to do this in the latter days, these days we're living in. It's happening now, greater than ever before. And it sits there with all this Satan working and all his little demon fold are working with all power signs and lying wonders. These are seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, confirming that there is a trinity that you see in Revelation 16, 13, three unclean spirits like frogs, which are spirits of devils working miracles. Read it, Revelation 16, 13. It's the word of God. This is not our word. It's not our Bible. It's not our uh, Theranuchus God, God breathed word of God that we think of this is what it says. This is what the word of God, the Holy Writ states in the, in the leading and, uh, and guiding of the Holy Ghost. And it sits there with all this signs, miracles, and lying wonders of Satan himself and his whole demonic horde with all deceivableness, not some deceivableness. God says, you want to lie, you're going to get a lie. Just like you want to quail in the, in the middle of the wilderness, that there can God provide a table in the wilderness and gave them growth up to their eyeballs. And then while they were eating it, flesh in their mouth, God slayed them all. We don't provoke God to wrath. There's judgment there. We don't want to do that. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. All we have to do is purge ourselves from dead works to serve the living God. We have to obey under righteousness, under holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Whosoever say, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey him or the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You see, through the exceedingly great and precious promises, must be we must be obeyed in obedience to those. We can't be just a hearer of the word. We must be a doer of the word. And these exceedingly great and precious promises given to us, whereby we are made partakers of his divine nature, holiness, whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust, not conform to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind taken on the mind of Christ. But he said here, God himself with all deceivableness, and this Satan with signs, miracles, lying wonders, with all deceivableness, deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, why? Because they receive not the love of the truth. What is the truth? Jesus Christ. What is that truth? Paul stated in Acts 20, 29, that after my departure, grievous will shall come in, not sparing the flock, who will speak perverse things among you, among the church. That's what we're seeing there in Smyrna. That's what we're in, in Revelation 2. What we're seeing there in Philadelphia in Revelation 3. 
They say they're Jews. They're not. They do lie. They never had spiritual circumcision of the heart. Spiritual circumcision of the heart by baptism never did. They never took on the name of Jesus. They were baptized by the Son of the Holy Ghost. Never took on the name. Didn't think it was important. There's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12. That's the blood name of God, and to have that blood applied is taking on the name. The name's the blood, the blood's the name. That's the reason in the book of Acts it says, no more preach any more in this man's name, Jesus, for when you do, you intend to bring his blood upon us. That's right. That's the blood name of God. And he states there, God, that, that they had all this Satan, signs, miracles, lying, lying wonders, with all deceivableness. We've got to know the truth. And stand for that truth. Otherwise, we will be deceived. God sending this with all deceivableness to them that perish in unrighteousness. What's righteousness? God was manifest in the flesh. What's unrighteousness? That there is some kind of pluralism. God the Father, God the Son, God the three persons. Somehow they're one God, but there's three persons. No, there's only one person of God. And Hebrews 1, Jesus is the express image of his person. There's only one person of God. Jesus Christ is God manifest. 1 Timothy 3.16. There's not another. He's the blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent. 1 Timothy 6.15 and 16. Who only hath immortality? There's not another. Jesus stated that he is the Father. John 8.24, John 10.30, John 14. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak are not mine, that, that, that speak not of myself. The Father dwells in me. He's the one doing the works. Right here, that for this reason, for this cause, an unrighteousness, they denied the only Lord God that Jesus Christ is the Father because of that. Because uh, this reason, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. What lie? That Jesus Christ is not the father of glory. Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of hearts, abomination of the earth, can wear every color except blue. She's got, she wears the scarlet. She wears the purple. She cannot wear the blue. Why? Because she will not confess that Jesus Christ is the father, that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. Who's coming in the flesh? The father's coming in the flesh. The Holy Ghost, the father of glory. God himself, Jesus Christ. But she will not confess that. And because of that, in one hour, she will be destroyed. God is the one sending the strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned. This is heaven or hell. Who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What's that mystery of godliness? What's righteousness? That Jesus Christ is the Father. What is that righteousness? The revelation of righteousness is how grace reigns. Grace reigns through righteousness, Romans 5. Well, what is righteousness? You have to go to John 16. Jesus himself tells us point blank what righteousness is. He says, when that Holy Ghost has come, he'll reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Let's focus on the righteousness because grace reigns through that righteousness. He will reprove the role of righteousness because I go to my father. Hmm. Did he stop there? Turn to that and take a look at it. Whenever 
whenever Jesus states that in John 16, he's given us who he is in and what righteousness really is and how grace reigns in John 16. He goes on in this, in this declarative statement that he makes in truth and says, they're righteous because I go to my father and you see me no more. When he goes on down, he says, when the spirit of truth is come, because I have many things to say to you, but you're not able to bear them now. But when this spirit of truth has come, he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth, not partial truth. Now watch what he says about righteousness. That he says in St. John 16, he says that the uh, now you have sorrow, He's going to the Father, and I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day, what day? The glorification. You see in Matthew 16, Jesus says, Some of you shall not taste of death until you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Shall not taste of death? That's right, because that's the day of Pentecost. That's Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the Christ coming in the church, Jesus Christ coming in the flesh, right there in Acts, the second chapter. And when you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom, that's Acts, the second chapter. That's the Father coming. The promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. That's the Spirit of God coming into the body of Christ. And he states that, that at that day, when he's talking here, he's still in the flesh. He hasn't gone to the cross yet. But when he does, and he's glorified, He's glorified by the Father's own self. He's going to send his spirit, the spirit of his son, into our hearts whereby we cry of a father, one and the same spirit. That's Christ. And he says that that day you will ask me nothing. Verily, very not saying to you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name. Well, what's the Father's name? Jesus. He will give it you. He will give it to you. Jesus is talking there in the third person. He will give it to you because he's still not glorified yet. Watch what he says. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken to you in Proverbs. Now watch what he's saying here. Focus on that. Why? Because in him, Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, Jesus states a very uh, profound truth. Paul giving us that truth, the mystery of God and a Father and of Christ, that you may know in full acknowledgement what that mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ is, in whom are hid, hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everything that God has in treasure, in wisdom, in knowledge is in him. Not them, him. He goes on and says, these things have I spoken to you in Proverbs. Talking about the Father. That's the Father's head. Christ head. God head. But he said, but the time comes. That's when Jesus is glorified. When I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs. I'm not going to speak anymore in Proverbs. But I shall show you plainly of the Father. Now notice that. Show you plainly of the Father. You can't miss it. At that day. What day? The day that Jesus is glorified. 
not his resurrection when he raised from the uh, the the tomb. Whenever Mary met him there, he said, "Touch me not, don't hold me back, because I go to my God, your God, my Father, and your Father, for I have not yet been glorified." Then he's glorified, and then walking, he sees his disciples. He walks up to him and breathes on them and said, receive you the Holy Ghost. He's glorified then. That man is God Almighty. He is the Holy Ghost. He said, he blew on them and said, receive you the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted. And whosoever sins you retain, they're retained. That man is now made that quickening spirit. He's glorified. That resurrection, then he's glorified. From the resurrection, he's glorified, then breathes on his disciples, receiving the Holy Ghost, John 20, 22. Then watch it. He said, at that day, you shall ask in my name. Watch the next statement. And I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. Why? Because Jesus is the Father. He's glorified. You say the name Jesus. You don't say Father in the name of Jesus. You put him back before the cross before his glorification, before he is made that quickening spirit. You say Jesus, and every knee, every uh, force, principalities, powers, thrones, are subject to that name, a name above every name. And you say the name Jesus, and we don't say Father, name of Jesus, we put him back before the cross. We say Jesus, giving him the glory of the Father that he is the Father revealed in the death, burial, and resurrection, going back to where he was before. Glorified the Father's own self to the glory of the Father. Then we say, Jesus, we give you praise, honor, and the glory that made heaven and earth and all that therein is, and you that makes us not we ourselves. And we go on to pray because we're giving him the glory. That is the truth the believers of God that know that he is the Father of glory. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not, unto you that I will pray the Father for you. Jesus is that spirit. He is the mediator. He is that intercessor. Romans 8, no man knows how you ought to pray. The spirit itself maketh intercession. That's Jesus, the spirit itself. With groanings that cannot be uttered according to the will of God. He goes on and says that I will not, he said unto you, that I I will pray the Father for you. Why? Because he's not praying the Father. Why? Because the Father himself loves you. Why? Because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. Come out from God, not away from, but from God. What is that? That he goes on and states what that means. And he said, I came forth from the Father. And I come into the world, and again, I leave the world and go to the Father, not beside the Father, to the Father. What does that mean? Well, God, in the beginning, created the heaven and the earth. How did he do it? And God said, the word went out. That proceeded from the Father. The word and the Father, one and the same spirit. That's where we get confused. We think the word is different from the Father. There's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one, 1 John 5, 7. Well, the Father is the, is the invisible Spirit of God as the administrative office of the Spirit. 
Well, the Word is the expression office of the Spirit, revealing His thought, plan, purpose, and will. But it's the same Spirit. And God said, let there be light. Well, the said, the power of God, did it. And in Jeremiah 51, 15, by His power, wisdom, and understanding. Those are three attributes, but it's the same Spirit. There wasn't three, but you know, uh, wisdom, power, and understanding, wisdom being one person, uh, power being another person, understanding being another person. Wisdom, power, and understanding are not three persons. The three attributes of that same God, love, power, uh, wisdom, understanding, prudence, all of these are attributes of God. They're not different persons. He is power. He's all-powerful. He is omnipotent. He's almighty. He is wisdom. Proverbs 8. I, wisdom, was daily his delight. There's not another person there. It's an attribute of God. And that's what we have to give him the glory. So Jesus is stating there. He is the father of glory. That's what he's saying. I proceeded from him, proceeded. What proceed? The proceeding word of God. Man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of what is that word? Jesus Christ. That's how you live. He's the living word. He proceeds. He proceeded from the Father. What? The word. If you have a river going over a waterfall, that river of water, it goes over a waterfall, it proceeds down, and it goes into a river below. Well, it proceeded. It's not different water. God, who is spirit, that proceed, his proceeding word proceeded, and the word was made flesh, death, burial, and resurrection, and went back to the Father. The word and the Father are one and the same spirit. Not a different spirit. That's what he's saying. What is it basically? The Father was hidden. The mystery of God and the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all treasure, wisdom, and knowledge. And Jesus said, I no more speak to you in Proverbs. No more. I will show you plainly the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. I'm not going to pray the Father for you because I am the Father. I'm going to tell you there, there's a separate person because I proceeded from the Father. I'm the Word. The Father and I are one. And I go back to him. I went through, came into the world, and he states, I came forth from God and am come to the world. Death, burial, and resurrection. And I leave the world. He didn't stay in that humiliated state. He goes back to the Father. He takes on him the form of a servant. Who is a servant? That servant is Isaiah 43.10. You are my witnesses. Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the Father, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know, believe me, and understand, I am he. There's your revelation. That's a revelation of Jesus. That's what the whole book, the last book in the word of God, and the words of the book of this prophecy, reveals that he is the almighty, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and has come, the almighty. Revelation 1.8. There's not another. Well, he says there, I leave the world and I go to the Father. The disciples said unto him, watch what they said. Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speaketh no proverb. Now we sure that thou knowest all things. Why would they say that? Well, because Jesus before, 
He said, when's the hour you're coming? When are you coming, Jesus? He said, well, I don't know. The angels don't know the day nor the hour. Only my Father, which is in heaven, because Jesus is in his humiliated state as a servant. But at that day, he's glorified with the Father's own self. He knows all things, because he is the Father. What does his disciples say? We understand. The thing is, do we, as a body of Christ, understand? Do we understand that he is the Father of glory? The disciples said, now we know thou knowest all things. You know when you're coming, you know everything because you are the father of glory. And needest not that any man should ask you, by this we believe that thou camest forth from God. You are the word you went came from and you went back. You're one and the same spirit with God. You'll see that in Revelation 3.21. Jesus said, he that overcome will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's a place I prepared for you. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, S-E-T, set, settled, always has been, will be, and always has been God. Even as I overcame, where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, down with my Father in his throne, not around it, not beside it, in it. There, and that is exactly what Jesus is stating is the righteousness. I go to my father. You see me no more. There you have it, that he is God Almighty, the father of glory. That is that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh and is still coming in the flesh, which is a present imperfect tense. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. First John four. Now, it's not based upon miracles that you see or signs, miracle lying wonders that doesn't, that doesn't affect you because you know the Spirit of God. You know that Jesus is the Lord of glory. So Paul states that, that God himself in 2 Thessalonians 2 sends strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Well, these are, say they're Jews and are not. They say they're Christians that are not but of the synagogue of Satan. Why? Because they've never had the spiritual circumcision of the heart. They have not been born again. They say they have. They're in the church. They're going to church along with the other sitting right down, but they're tares among the wheat. And God will separate them. They're both going together right now. But the ones that do know their God, those are the ones that have been and will be born again and follow on to know the Lord and to all full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Now, we see there at, in Revelation, take a look at there. In Revelation, the whole final consummation of all things. It says there in Revelation 19, verse 20, and the beast, that's a false son of God, was taken and with him the false prophet. That's a false Holy Ghost that wrought miracles before him. Wrought miracles? He was doing miracles? Yes. With which he deceived them. He deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Oh, what is that? That, that, 
receive the mark of the beast. What is the mark of the beast? Very simply, 600, three score and six. It's the number of a man, the number of the beast, the number of a man. Let him that hath wisdom count the number of the beast, for it's the number of a man. And his number is 600, three score and six, key, Z, stigma. Key, C-H-I, Christ. Spirit of God. Stigma, six, number of man. That would be the flesh. The number of man, six. There, if Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, it would be key stigma. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, key stigma. But it's not. It's key the stigma. What's the Z, the XI, written like a serpent? It stands in rebellion. Christ, key, stigma, that is flesh. Z, does not, is not come. Christ is not come in the flesh. The Father is not come in the flesh. The Son of God is not come in the flesh. Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. Key, Z, stigma. At 603 score and six, if the mind that hath wisdom count the number of the beast, it's a number of a man, and his number is key. Z, stigma, Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. There, the only way to be a Jew, there to answer the question that was sent to us over TikTok, very simply, just because you work a miracle, signs, wonders, is not the proof. The proof is that you confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. You've been born again of the water and the spirit. You are, you are a Jew that is, has, is and has had the spiritual circumcision of the heart in the spirit. Romans 2, 28 and 29. Don't be deceived. If you haven't been water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, not Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Those are titles never took on the name, not the blood name of God. Peter realized that in Acts 2, 38. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Ghost. That's a blood name of God. That's a revealed name of God. Must be circumcision of the body of the sins of the flesh cut off by baptism. That's a circumcision of the heart and the spirit. Don't let anyone tell you any different. And that's how important and essential is the water. This is he that came, Jesus Christ, that came by water and blood. Now, these are fundamental basics of the tenets of faith and the revelation of Jesus Christ that cannot be saved any way otherwise by just asking Jesus to come into your heart. Well, we're praying for you, and we're wanting each and one of us, all of us, for God to perfect that that is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But we must stand for the truth. Simply because a preacher shakes our hand and says that we're going to heaven doesn't make it so. We're going to be judged not by that pastor sitting there or an evangelist or an apostle or a prophet for that matter or one of the uh, teacher that has great expository ability or dazzling words uh, of man's wisdom, making merchandise of us. We're going to be judged by the word of God. So it behooves us to seek you out of the book and read. Not one of these things will fail. 
It behooves us to search the scriptures, for in them we think we have eternal life. And these are they that testify of Jesus Christ only, not a trinity. Again, I'm going to leave you with that. Revelation 16, 13. And seek God for yourself. Please don't be deceived. Search out the book and read. We're here as servants. Not of any of our righteousness or our holiness that we bring these things to you. It's because we love you. That we want to stand for the truth. We care. We care about your soul. If we didn't, we'd stand back and just step back, not preach a word, not be controversial. Because the more you love, the less you be loved. Have you become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Paul stated, and yes, you are. You'll become an enemy of the world, and they will, you'll be hated of all nations for his name's sake. But we must not deny him. If we deny him, he'll deny us. States there in Roman, in Revelation 16 and verse 13, John explicitly, without a shadow of a doubt, gives us the revelation and shows us who the Trinity is. Three is Trinity. Trinity is three. And quoting from uh, Revelation 16, 13, John speaking, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Why? Because Jesus is the word, and the word is God, and God is the word. It's the Father of glory. It's one and the same. But now we have three mouths there. It's showing us three in uh, distinguishable spirits. Dragon, false father. Beast, false son. And false prophet. Oh, that false Holy Ghost. Notice the beast has an image. Uh, the beast had the deadly wound that was healed. Has an image to that beast. Jesus is the image of the Father. You want to see the Father? Take a look at Jesus. He is the Father revealed. But that's what is that beast? The image to the beast is the image of the Son, not the dragon. The dragon is the spirit that gives him his seat and great authority. That beast, that is the one that had the deadly wound was healed and an image made to him. Jesus is the image of the Father. You want to see the Father? Look at him. But this is an image of the beast. And that's a false image of the Son of God. The dragon, a false father. Beast, a false son. And they'll make an image to that false son. That's saying, that is saying, the Son of God has come in the flesh. Not the Father. The Son of God has come in the flesh. That's the beast. Take a look at it. Seek God. And the false prophet, false Holy Ghost. And what does he say? There are three. Because it's the mouth of the dragon, mouth of the beast, now the mouth of the false prophet. And it says there, and for they are the spirits of devils working miracles. It's deceptive spiritualism that does not and deny the only Lord God, the only Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Now that's the truth. They are the spirits of devils working miracles of Trinity, which go forth 
and to the kings of the earth and of the whole world. This saves the whole world. And it gathers them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty when he destroys all wicked out of the earth. We must be in the truth. Okay, we pray for every one of you. Pray for us as we pray for you, that God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.